Welcome to Grazed in America podcast. I'm your host, August Horstman. Uh, I'm going to hit the record now. And uh, yeah, if she calls and just duck out, I can edit out pauses and stuff. So you got to go to the bathroom, get a drink, whatever. Okay. It's, okay. it's no big deal. Just as long as you leave me just enough pause. Okay. <laughs> then it'll tie together. Um, you bet. But no, we'll, we can just jump in if you, if you do have some time. Uh, just your name, where you are, and a little bit of background, and we'll go from there. All right. Well, um, August, my name's uh, Rick Geisler. I'm Sheridan, Wyoming. 40 years old. Manager ranch up here. Down. It's actually the, the actual main ranch is out towards Decker, Montana. Okay. Uh, and we have a, we just bought a new place out towards Lighter, Wyoming. Uh, that I kind of manage. Okay. We run our heifers out there. Well, this year we just, you know, calved our heifers out there and kind of up in the air what we're going to do with it from here on out, the way prices and everything are. Yeah. Do you want to talk about, so like land base, so, and animal units? I mean. Yeah, that's fine. Roughly. Um, yeah, I think we're about 15,000 acres, give or take. Total uh, or just the place you're running on in Wyoming? Total. Total. Total, yeah. Okay. So, and that's, that's uh, the main ranch and then a couple summer pastures, and then we're on a grazing association as well. Um, okay. What's uh, the grazing association? Uh, that's a new term to me. So, I think it was back in the 70s, a group of ranchers from around here, they had an opportunity to buy a pretty sizable chunk of land. They all went in it, on it together, mm-hmm. and um, they ended up purchasing it, I think it was in the late 70s, I can't, I can't remember, but anyway, so I think there's 12 or 15 members Okay. Um, and then, you know, they divided it up. There's, there's already, it's all one, pretty much one continuous piece of land. It's like 26,000 acres, 23,000 or something like that. So it's a pretty sizable chunk. Mm-hmm. And it's divided into, I don't know how many pastures. Um, but then based on the, you know, acres per cow or animal unit around here, they they kind of divvied it up depending on herd size. So, for example, we have 200, 210 shares. So we got 200 cows, 200 pairs on there, and then, you know, 10 bulls okay. go on. So, and uh, is that running kind of in common with the other ranchers? No. Well, there's a, there's a few members that run in common, uh, just mainly two people. Two ranchers 
on a couple pastures, you know, they mix their herds. We have our own pasture. Um, about how big is it? It's 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 about three thousand. Uh, so three on the map. If yep. you ironed it out with all the hills, pretty rough country. It's probably double that in size, I would imagine. Really? So there's that yeah. much elevation change that Oh yeah. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, and I guess Wyoming's always just been, you know, looking at it from the sky, you know, they they don't take into consideration the hills and hmm. the I didn't realize that. So it's 3,000, you've got 3,000 acres. This is the piece you kind of run on in your portion, right? What you take yeah, care of? Yeah, yeah, So how long can 200 pairs, 10 bulls be out on, uh, well, I guess 200 so we, pairs? Or... We graze for five months out of the year. Going on when to when, typically? So we went on, I believe we went on the 20, oh, let me look. Oh, no, we went on the 1st of June. We usually go on like the 20th of May. But with the weather, because we got to trail them about five miles up from the corrals. And with those baby calves and stuff, and then the, the rain just wouldn't quit coming this year. And we were just kind of behind on fixing fence. And from this winter, I mean, we just had unbelievable snow melt, snow melt, melt this year. And uh, snowpack, so yeah, it made for quite a quite a spring. I'll tell you that. I think we had snowdrifts up until damn near the end of May. Really, but that's yeah. a lot of. Is that a lot of your moisture though in the area you are you're in? Well, most of the time, yeah, it is, and you know, we depend on the spring. You know, some snow depending on the year. Uh, spring rain like this year it's just been unbelievable and then we usually get some fall rains too I see on if you can call it a normal year you know yep yep um, my parents are up in northwest Wyoming and that's where they've lived for the oh man uh, 10 or 11 years and they said it's where great. are they at they're in uh, Wilson just outside Jackson oh yeah yeah so They've said it's just been raining like crazy up there. Oh, it's just lately, I, I which is good. Good for you guys. I can't believe it. It is. Yeah, it's gonna make hay in a little tricky though. I think because it's raining right now. Yeah, and, we'll send uh, it my way. I've heard it's it's been pretty dry back in yeah. the Midwest. Yeah, that's what I've been doing today is sorting uh, to for animals that I need to be selling so oh really mm-hmm. i don't know if trying to get ahead of the eight ball uh yeah i don't know if i'm ahead <laughs> i'm probably Already i'm probably a little bit on the the behind side i think but i don't know maybe it'll end up being i'm ahead i'm not sure but we i think we hit a d3 drought on the drought map which is for june in our area i mean right like I had, we had four tenths on of an inch on Sunday and you know probably for yeah. you guys that's like a drought buster for us <laughs> that yeah is, that's yeah. nothing <laughs> that's like a exactly. heavy dew yeah so 
Um, but so you head up June first. Uh, you're trailing two hundred cows, two hundred calves. When yep. are you calving, and what age are you are you walking those calves? So we we started calving uh, March eighteenth. I believe. I think we both both ranches had calves. Uh, for how long? For uh, thirty days. Well, then the the main ranch, like I was thirty days, and then uh, on the heifers, and then the main ranch. You know, we did two second cycles. You know, two two cycles, I guess. So. So that was what um, like a forty-five or a sixty? Yeah, forty-five days. Okay. So, uh, and then we, you know, we brand them at about a month. Mm-hmm. Try to try to wait a month, but you always have the stragglers. And the yep. Late calvers. So, overall, I think this spring went really well for us. The calving was, it was pretty tough just because of the snow. I mean, we had four feet of snow on on the level. And we couldn't get to some of the calves, and then we hit forty below zero temperature a couple times, and I wasn't counting wind chill, but it was straight up forty below zero, and not much can survive that, you know, especially when they're soaking wet and they come right out, you know. Yeah. Do you? Let's see, based off of this year, do you plan to make changes for this coming breeding season or are the we, bulls already out? No, we, we're we going to put our bulls out here on the 28th, which, what's that next? That's uh, like five days from now. Yeah. yeah. So we're trying to get later. We just, it's not very feasible, I guess, when, because we got to kind of go by the calendar out here. Yeah. Our our seasons are so short, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so we got to utilize that grass. There's yeah. guys that do it. There's guys that do cabin May. I would love to cabin May. But but then you get to where you're trailing cattle, right? For yeah, that yeah, first. You're trailing them up and and then coming off, mm-hmm. you know, we can stay longer, but you got to gather out in the hills. And there could be a, there could be two foot of snow out there while you're gathering. You don't want to get your cattle caught out in the hills, you know, mm-hmm. trying to gather. So, so how many people like, are there full time employees on 200 or is it just you? Well, the so the grazing association itself has a, a, a cowboy that lives out there, and he kind of runs that place tries to keep up on all the fences and stuff but it's it's an impossible task you know there's i think there's like 90 some miles of fence around that three thousand because it's just one content contiguous piece right yeah and then is he doing any well if he's just riding fence and cows i mean he's probably not doing much grazing well is he doing that fixing pipelines and you know he'll try to get bulls out of other people's pastures you know how bulls are uh you'll try to get it's just a lot of a lot of work for 
one guy for sure. Yeah. Um, we, we've started going around all, all of our fences as members, you know, before, before we kick them on, because we just can't count on one guy going around everybody's fences. Yeah. Before they come on. Yep. So then there's an, another piece that you manage in addition to that one? So, yeah. So I've got, the, we call it the Clear Creek place. Um, it's out at Lighter, Wyoming. Like I said, we, we just took ownership of it this last fall. So it was kind of a trial period here this winter, and we weren't really sure how it was run. or So we just... Oh, I think we had 120 heifers, bred heifers out there. And then I calved them out there this spring. Mm-hmm. And I've got them, I've still got them out there. Uh, we're not sure what we're going to do with with it from now on. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, so we're going to, we're going to try to have a herd out there or, you know, two separate herds, one at the main ranch, one out there. Main or, ranch is the Wyoming one, or Montana one, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's in Wyoming, but it's right on the line, basically. So, okay. And that's not, is that, that's different from the 300, that 3,000 acre piece, or is that the same? Yeah. Yeah, that's different. Different. Okay. That sits kind of between both the ranches, both oh, of okay. our ranches. And are those heifer pairs running on that? 3,000 acre piece or just kind of like a mixed bag of cows? No, they're running out at the new place out at Clear Creek. So all your heifers and heifer pairs are on your new place? Yep. Okay. Um, I'm tracking. And then all the older, well, we try to keep the younger, all the first cycle cows. Mm -hmm. So it's a mixed age, you know, uh, go out to the grazing association. And that's be. I mean, what? Why just so is that? the calves are just so the calves are old enough to make so that trail. That, yeah, to make the trail, and you okay. know it can get hot. You know, I think it was damn near eighty degrees that day when we trailed them up. They did all right, but there were some hot calves and hot cows. Yeah. And, uh, so total, how many animal units are you guys running then, roughly? Well, we're running pretty slim this year. Um. Normally we keep we keep all of our yearling heifers and uh-huh. then raise our own, but they were costing us too much money, so we got rid of them last fall, um, hoping to buy back some replacements this year. But it's not looking too good for price wise for buying. Yeah, probably not replacement females. Do you guys buy? Yeah. Do you buy, well, probably not replacement heifers, right? But do you buy something yeah, or even, like an older cow? Even running age cows are still, they're selling, like pairs are selling twenty five to 3000 out here right now, right? Really? You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, what about like a short and solid or a broken mouth? Is, are those, or is that? They're still, they're still pretty, they're pretty, pretty pricey for, for that kind of cow, you know, it's. Yeah, and like, does a broken like if you would like, let's say, broken mouth cows came down, right? Does yeah. does your country, 
is that too tough for a broken mouth cow? No, I think you, I think a guy could get along, you know, and maybe get a calf or two out of her. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is, it's just everything is so expensive right now. Yeah. So, and I, I don't see any. I don't know how it is in your country if it's kind of a national wide deal or. I mean, you know, we're seeing a lot of our short and solid cows, our older type cows, are being, you know, third. No matter what pregnancy, you know, first, second, third, they're going to slaughter. Um, splitting pairs, going to slaughter. They're going to slaughter the cow, right? Yeah. Uh, replacements, pretty dang high. Um, younger. What are your What are your broke mouth cows going for? Like, um, they're well, just they're just separating them at the sale. Yeah. Barn. So basically, they're going to pound price, right? And that's yeah, that's pretty good though, right? That's still pretty good. That's still like a buck a buck twenty, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, and then. On a bigger type calf, right, a three weight. I mean, I've heard some some people up around three dollars a pound. Yeah. So I mean, the, at that, you know, you probably can't afford. You know, you'd have to probably go to a special and uh, be pretty. You know, and just sit there all day, right, and grab ones yeah. and twos. Yeah. And. And that's a 50-50 shot in my mind. Mm-hmm. You're going to sit there all day, and and then you don't know what you're really getting you, anyway from a sale barn. Yeah. I, I'm a firm believer that if there's a cow at the sale barn, they're there for a reason. And yeah. whether it's good or bad, I don't know. Yeah, but, like right now with the way we are, we're seeing a lot of, you know, dispersals. And there's some guys around here that'll sell, you know, f- Everything that's five years old, no matter what, it's leaving or seven years old, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess on some of those situations, it's probably a safer bet. But, yeah, like a ones and two deal, you know, somebody's going to bring one pair in. Yeah, there's there's a a reason there's probably one pair there. Yeah. Um, So, if prices continue the way they're – they are seem to be trending, right? It seem and I, from what I've been understanding, they're only going to keep going, trending higher in as we go into the fall. Um, what, what are your plans? Do you, is that something where you just rest and focus well, on I'm, decreased I'm kind of order cost? I, I had this idea of taking in yearlings or something on like a uh, custom deal on a custom deal to get through until prices start coming down possibly. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're not you're Yeah. We're going to lose our next year's numbers, but I still think you'd be money ahead. Just taking a break. I mean, we've, we've still got cows. We're still getting by. Yeah. You know, I think that, the business aspect of it comes in the play that, that and that was just an idea I had. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. We, we need to sit down as a group and have a meeting. Um, yeah. Like, and, and, who, and who do you bring in on, on like on that meeting? Is it the ranch? So it's, it's a, 
owner and her son, um, mm-hmm. and then his wife. Okay. We we all all four of us kind of manage the ranch, and we have our different roles, you know, that we each play. But uh, yeah, do you- it's usually it's usually us four, and then you know sometimes we might have our reps come in. Mm-hmm. and kind of get get some advice from him um are the owners are they hands on or are they like an absentee type oh no they're hands they live out there on the ranch in the okay yep on on uh, badger creek is what we call it the badger creek place i see and they all Susie is the boss. She, she's the owner. Yep. She lives out there, and then uh, Brandon and Molly they they live out there too, and and then I have my own little place just south of Sheridan, um, and I kind of travel between both places, you know, wherever I'm needed. Oh, I see. So it's kind of it works really well for for our outfit. Good. Cool. That makes uh makes it a lot better for everybody, right? When it, it works for everyone. Yeah. And and we all have our strong points and we just work great as a team, I think. Yeah. You know, we're like I guess you could say Brandon and I are kind of the day to day, you know, kind of ranch hand type. And, and Susie too, and Molly as well. But Molly's really good at record keeping. Um, say we're having a branding or something. I usually get the crew together. Uh, Molly's in charge of the vaccines. Um, uh-huh. If we're working cows, Brandon's usually in charge of the crew that is working cows. Susie's taking care of the grandkids and kind of overseeing everybody and, you know, making lunch and it just, it works really well. Yeah. Runs like a, a well-oiled machine, I guess. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, on brand branding day, is that, uh, we'll just going to ask a few questions because some of the guests we have been talking to have talked, you know, had their opinion, uh, knife cutter banded. Well, it depends on the year. This year, uh, the heifers, or the heifers, the bred heifers, the calves, that was our first branding. We usually have three brandings. Okay. And that was early enough that uh, we didn't have the sweet clover coming in as thick. Sweet clover is really thick right now out here because we had such a such an amazing amount of rain mm-hmm. and just thicker than dog hair, you know? So, yeah. and what's, um, what's that mean? So, so that if they eat, if they eat that, it's an anticoagulant. And so oh. it makes them bleed. Really? Um, so we cut the steer or the bulls out of the bread heifers or out of the heifer. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, I guess the H2s is what you call them. Um, and then when we were branded the first bunch at Badger Creek, 
I believe we, I think we, I think we banded from there on out because the sweet clover was getting pretty, pretty thick. Okay. Uh, I personally would rather cut them and have both nuts in my hand so I can see them. You know. Yeah. Is that uh green Cheerio or is that something like, are you using some sort of other? No, we just use the green Cheerios, but you know, Brandon, he'll either do it himself or have somebody that we know and we can trust to, to do it, put them on. He usually double bands them. Really? Is that, so, yeah. Is that the way to go? Yeah. I mean, we have, a few calves, they were pushing 250, mm-hmm. you know, 275, and I think those bands are only rated for, you know, 225 or something, I think is what it says on the package, maybe 250, but, so you got a lot of trust in that band. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, is that on a table, or is it, do you roll oh, no, and- we rope, rope and drag everything. Yeah, and then we use Nord forks most of the time. We'll use Nord forks depending on the crew size. Um, we have head and heeled before. We normally will just use Nord forks if we have a ton of people show up. We'll just flat ass them, you know. Yeah, I. Um, so that's like with branding, right? That's just kind of an event out there for you guys. So, I mean, is that paid labor or is it just neighborly? Oh, no. Nope, just neighborly. We we usually try to help each other out. We'll go help brand the neighbors. They come help us. You know, it works really well that way. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, I mean, we've got to do it out here. I think people... Especially in the Midwest, there's no brand laws, or no. you know, not very many. I mean, I think people still brand out there, but it, it really doesn't. Uh, yeah, I'm one of those that okay. I brand females and stuff. So how does that work? Oh, not having any brand laws. Uh, I mean, I just put my brand right on the side of them and yeah, roll on. It's, and do you have any problems with? people stealing cattle or uh i've heard about it it's i've seen people like i friends with a vet and uh he'll take pictures of when my brand you know i think he's ran across my brand a couple different times in sales oh really yeah so that's kind of neat what are your thoughts on that do you think that Seeing my brand on something like that. Well, I mean, what are your thoughts on uh, brand laws? Do you think you're in Missouri, right? Yeah. Do you think Missouri should be a, a brand state? I don't know. I mean, what we, I mean, I think Missouri's average farm size is uh, 200 acres with 30 cows, right? So I don't, I don't know how you would really even go about dealing with that i think it would make it pretty difficult to deal with it right because every time you would move cattle from one farm to another like 
purchasing, right? What you you would need a brand inspection. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's just part of it out here. Yeah. I mean that. That's true. Um, I, I mean, don't know. If we go. If we go, say we take so we live in Sheridan County, the closest sale barn is in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. If we take something down to Buffalo, whether it's calf or say it's a pot load of cows yeah full cows we have to have the brand inspector write what they call a g form which is a third party piece of paper that says that he knows that these cattle are going to buffalo and so it's it's basically like a transport deal yeah now sometimes they'll say i'm busy i can't get to it just take them tell tell the sale barn that because they're going to get brand inspected at the sale barn anyway yeah they, they always have a brand inspector sitting there um looking at all the cattle and they monitor it really closely because cattle wrestling is still a pretty big deal out here i mean i just talked to a guy this morning a buddy of mine down south and he's missing five seven weight steers Mm-hmm. and can't find him anywhere and he's not convinced yet but he's leaning on the side that they got stolen yeah so like you know that's go ahead. 12 15 grand right there you know or more than that you know it's yeah so like so like in his situation what's like is he running on some public ground where yeah, and then so, I guess basically it, it, it was kind of a it was kind of a messed up deal anyway. And he's not saying that that's what happened, but he's kind of leaning towards it. Yeah, but we could lay out that scenario, right? You run like when somebody runs on what was like a school section or state or BLM, right? And yeah, anybody could. I mean, somebody could know your schedule right and go out because that's public ground right and gather up well, a set of your cows potentially or is that or is that not right yeah i mean if there's if there's a set of pens see, there wasn't any pens down here where he was at mm-hmm. and so that is going to make it a little trickier especially with yearlings yeah like i i'm trying to figure out how if it did happen how how it happened now we had right in Sheridan uh, a couple years ago we had 15 I think it was around 15 calves not us personally but there was a case that they think that they were stolen I mean that's like a trailer load of calves basically and there was pens and I mean it could have been during broad daylight you know you see you drive down the road and you see a truck and trailer sitting at a set of pens you don't think anything of it yeah yeah true and it wouldn't take it wouldn't take very long to get 15 pairs in and sort the cows off and load them up and adios yeah so it does happen and it happens with baby calves as well yeah Uh, like i've had a couple calves go missing right they'll just vanish never see them again yeah. Um, in the past, and 
Not well, you're thinking one. there's four or five hundred yeah. bucks, you know, a bum calf or a baby calf. Yeah, just like a bottle calf or something. You know, I always wondered if somebody just was driving by and snagged it from the road, but Mm -hmm. I mean, so we watch it pretty good. We're right on the county road, and we it's a dead end county road, so we basically know everybody that goes up and down that road, Mm -hmm. every vehicle. Yeah, that makes a difference. And the sheriffs are getting a lot better at patrolling out in the country as well for just everything in general or just having a presence out there and you know Hmm. yeah that's something i mean i've never really thought about what implementing a like a brand inspection in missouri i don't know i guess i could go either way on it i mean for the one case where you know a cow does go missing i probably wish it would have been but for the most part it seems that you know i I don't know if it's necessarily needed needed in missouri just based off the 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 size or the number yeah Yeah, the number of livestock it's not like it used to be no well yeah like we're the third we go back and forth, right, between the two, three, and four cow-calf state in the country, right? I think oh, really? we, Yeah, we float up there. So it's Texas, right, number one, cow-calf. And then I think it's Missouri, Oklahoma, and Florida. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure those Missouri, Oklahoma, and Florida, you know, they're just, depending on the year, change back and forth on uh, on number of cows. But, yeah, that's interesting. But it's all, you know, I think our, like I said, our average farm size is like 200 acres with 30 cows. Yeah. And most of those cows, right, probably come to a pen three times a week to a bucket. Exactly. Yeah. You could call them by name. Yeah. Yeah. They're all named, right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have all yours named? Oh, I've got a few names for a few of them. I'll tell you that. But. Yeah. i think a lot of people do (laughs) they're probably similar to the same names i've got a few for a few of mine yeah yeah (laughs) no they they all have a mind of their own that's for sure yep um is that four wheelers or horseback oh we do everything horseback you know unless there's a cow out or a bull out on the road or something. We'll buzz down there and take a couple dogs and get them back in. But if we're doing any corral work or moving cows, it's always horseback. And uh, what type of dog do you have? So we got healers and I got a couple border collie crosses. Yeah, what do you like better? Or I think they all have their have their place. Yeah, they do. And the two the the border collie and the border collie cross and the healer are pretty young. Um, the border collie cross isn't even a year yet. She's really 
she's coming coming around. Mm-hmm. I've been pretty impressed with her. I've got a decent handle on her. The healer's pretty much a healer. I mean, you, if she's got it in her head, she's not going to back down. But, and then we've got an old Border Collie that's a really good dog. She's just getting a little sticky on the ground. You know, she wants to try to move them. She's got less than a less of a bite in her anymore, but she's I think she's twelve years old now. Yeah. So I see. Um, if you don't mind, I'd like to circle back to uh, that your grazing deal, uh, like your yeah. grazing association. Do you yeah. think something like that is possible? At this day and age, I I don't think so. Not around here, anyway. And why is that? Land's too expensive. And so, the person that's going to buy it is just going to have the money to buy it. Is what I think so. Yeah. And I mean, where it, where it doesn't. Make I don't sense know for, what. I don't know what. 30,000 acre place would cost yeah. right now. And if you divided that up, make it feasible for the small guy, you know, mm-hmm. quotes. Yeah. I, I like just, where it wouldn't. I just, yeah. Where it would stay, where it would stay afloat. And, and then you've got 15 or 20 or 30 members that everybody's got to stay you know and keep this thing going Mm -hmm. and you know as well as I do if you get 30 people in a room there's somebody bitching about something yeah I mean 30 farmers you should all think alike right or ranchers (laughs) (laughs) you know it's either too hot in the room or it's too cold or somebody's thirsty or somebody's hungry or you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's just yeah that's interesting because what what still makes it work with what you like why is it still working for you guys then honestly I haven't figured that out I don't know how any how anything ever gets done or <laughs> I guess all we got to do is wait for the grass to grow and turn cows out. Yeah. And, I mean, for you the... know, there's a board. They have a board. They have uh, meetings, board meetings, and then they have a annual meeting. And... Yeah, and I guess like in your situation where you, you know, you, you have your own chunk, right, that you get every year. Yeah. It's basically like a like your own place it's just correct yeah basically i mean we own it basically yeah and can you fence it however you want if you wanted to or is that have to go to the i guess i guess we yeah i mean it would have to go through the board because it's on it's going to be a permanent permanent deal deal Hmm. so there's a lot of gray area you know yeah and like water improvement, you can make them goes through the board, right? Yeah, yeah. Who pays for it? 
in the, that's a gray area. I mean, <laughs> usually they pay, they pay their, uh, oh, what do you call it? assessments or whatever, or dues or every year each member pays. And, uh, that's kind of the operating expenses. I see. And, I don't know. It, it's fortunate that over the years they've done little projects. They've done, you know, they've developed springs. They've mm-hmm. put in a few new stretch, stretches of fence that needed it really bad. They, we've put in a little set of corrals far away from the main corrals that three different people can use. Oh, I see. You know, where the three pastures come together mm-hmm. for preconditioning and stuff like that or, or gathering bulls or whatever it is. So they try to pick something that really needs done, either one or two things every year, and focus on on getting it done, whether we do it or whether they hire it out. Um but they try to budget for, for, for stuff like that. Yeah. Hmm. That's pretty neat. So then, like, let's say you want out. What happens? So, they, I, I believe the, the way it works is, the other members have first opportunity at it if they if the member wants it okay so like your the neighbor the other member that he has a bordering fence he he yeah. has the first shot at it well or any of the members any of them they want to increase their say you have 100 shares and this other guy's filling out that has 100 shares the maximum you can have is 200 or 210. Oh, sure. okay. So it's already structured that. So one person yeah. can't own more. The whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They maxed out at 210 shares. Okay. So then, like, if your neighbor on the one side has 100 shares and your neighbor on the the neighbor on, let's say it's whatever, east to west, your east side. It doesn't, has, have, to, it doesn't have to be a neighbor. It could just be a member. Okay, it so, doesn't matter where they're at on so the property. So two members with 100 shares wanted to buy half of yours, then then your 3,000-acre share, would that become an in-common share where? What's that? No, say, I mean, say you have, say you and I have a pasture yep. that we run in common, and we each have 100 pair on there so we got 200 shares yeah that would be in common right then say bob yep whatever his name is what has 100 shares say i'm like well i got 100 more cows i would like to put out here so i'm gonna go buy these 100 shares from bob Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know how that would all work. It would have to go through the board. They would have to do some switching around because you'd you'd be then at two hundred shares. Yeah. Yourself. Yeah. Like if so two guys, have, 
that were members yeah, so, with 100 shares apiece wanted to go together and buy the 3,000 acres that ha- could handle 200, right? They would each get half of that. So, like, do- Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that would work. I mean, they'd probably have to split it up because the pastures are pretty much fenced off as they are already. Yeah. You know. I see. No, I'm just just curious. I mean, that's pretty pretty interesting. And how how many members? I don't know if we talked about how many members there were. I I think there's like between 12 and 15 maybe. And everybody has cattle? Yeah. What and so the max is 200. 200 yep. pairs, 10 bulls. What what's the do you know what the minimum somebody has is? I don't. Off the top of my head, <laughs> I don't know. Are you there? Yep, yep, yep. No, I'm just thinking. That's uh, just kind of neat how that works. Um, so when um, well, there's three thousand acres, one guy on it. What kind of is thirty thirty thousand thirty thousand acres with one guy? Well, it's like twenty. I think it's like twenty-three thousand. Our per, our pasture is three thousand acres. Yeah. So you have three thousand acres, right? And and you're running two hundred pairs with a cowboy. Yeah. Well, you, the whole place has one cowboy. Oh. So he's kind of the manager of. So. Twenty-three thousand. Okay, and then so he's and he is he taking care of everybody's cattle as well? Yeah. Okay, I thought that you sent a cowboy from oh, no, no. your ranch no. to do that. No. Okay, so there's one guy that's doing just the fencing and water for. Yeah. Third around twenty three to thirty thousand acres. Yeah. How, how many cows is, is he seeing? Roughly. I don't know how many is out there total. I mean, is it? I'm not sure. If you're at three thousand acres and two hundred cows, and the place is thirty thousand, it it's surely not. Yeah, let's see. Two, it's that surely be, not two thousand cows. Yeah, I think it is. Not something like. It. So he's doing two thousand cows. Is that seven days a week then for him when it's when he's there? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's yeah, it'd be about two thousand head. Holy cow! Um. Okay, that's pretty neat. So then, so then your dues and everything go to pay pay him his for his horse equipment cows cow. yeah um is that a full-time job or is that just seasonal oh no that's full-time he lives there year-round so but are all is there cattle there year-round or are they all kind of follow that june some, some people keep their bulls some keep people keep their bulls out there during the winter and, and we have in the past just because bulls are a pain in the ass yeah, and so they then your ten bulls or whatever is it ten bulls or is it more than ten? Yeah, it's ten. So your ten bulls just run on thirty thousand or three thousand acres. 
No, they he keeps them down by the house, and he'll feed them. Oh, okay. Down by the house. Yeah. So I see. Okay, now that although we did have one bull that wintered out there last year, and he was pretty ornery by the end of it. Yeah, I just... we thought he was dead, but he came out of it. He ended <laughs> up in I think one of the neighbors, and they found him one day. Just riding around, and he actually looked he looked pretty decent. Yeah, and what makes but him he... ornery? Just not having any interaction. I think so. Yeah. Huh. Be like if I threw you out in the hills and said adios, you know, fend for yourself. And yeah, all winter. Oh uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I was gonna say there's sometimes that I probably feel like I'd be pretty good. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be pretty pissed off too. Yeah, yeah. I guess. But they, I mean, bulls are bulls. Yeah. You know, nobody can dispute that. So uh, one guy, and he takes care of it all. So that, and then, so as far as the other stuff you manage, um, so that there's no real grazing kind of implementation. It's just turn them out for, uh, on that, on, on the grazing association, it's, it hasn't been now. I, I, I would like to change it and either split our pasture in half. Mm-hmm. or thirds but you know that's going to take some that's going to take some time to figure out I think yeah. we can do it uh, the padlock ranch they did a, a a deal a little experiment they split one of their summer pastures in half and they got 50% more grazing just by splitting their pasture in half that's crazy how close are they to so, you Oh, they're the padlock headquarters are about twenty miles up the road. Twenty miles. Okay. Yeah. So, so I mean, stuff like that is that's that's pretty impressive. It's mind blowing. Yeah. And so, when you think about it. Yeah, and so like if you would take that to the the association's board, what happens? Oh, they. So this is where the lead by example comes into play. Yeah, so then that's up to you to, you know, it would almost be just talking aloud, right? It would almost be on you to go out there and maybe fence it in half or third, or, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I would. Yeah, we would. And then then have the cowboy ride and and move it. Well, and it would just be like a fence. No, we go out there, too. Oh, you do? We go out there, take the mineral. Yeah, yeah. It's not just dump them and leave them you know we i'm going there i'm riding out there i'm riding out at our new place i'm riding this okay pastures i kind of just drift around yeah and you know unless we have a big project we're fencing somewhere like i've been replacing braces out of the new place and so that's kind of time consuming just because i'm building them out of pipe now and never really done that before so i'm experimenting a little bit and mm-hmm. um trying to come up with a efficient way to do it you know especially with one person to um, to what build a high tensile or what no good brace to replace 
old wood braces with pipe braces. Oh, yeah. Like instead the- of having instead of having a person holding the pipe while I'm pounding it with skid steer, I want to use utilize the hydro bed and get a post pounder on the hydro bed, like a T post pounder, hydraulic one. Um, it's stout enough to really is that. that. Two and three eighth pipe, yeah. Is that out there? Oh yeah. There's yeah, a neighbor of mine's got got one. He said, "Well, I was I was in the market to buy a gas powered T-post pounder, and I talked to a few guys that have built quite a bit of fence, and I've had mixed reviews on on those gas powered." T-post pounders, whether they would pound in the two and three-eighths pipe or not. Yeah. So, I talked to my buddy, and he he said, I don't think you're going to like that T-post pounder. He said, I've got one that hooks up to the hydro bed that weighs 80 pounds. He said, that thing will pound it right into solid rock if you want it to. So, that's what I've been trying to figure out is a good way that I can just load the flatbed up with pipe, my welder, uh, throw that pounder on there and just go set as many as I can, you know, in a short amount of time and get them welded up and just by myself. Yeah. Uh, what brand is that pounder? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't. There's quite a few hydro, you know, like hay beds around here. Yeah. Bale beds. Um, is that how you guys feed your winter feed if you have to, or is, is winter feed standard or what? Yeah, we, we basically plan for 180 days of hay on the ranch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes we use it all. Sometimes we don't hardly use any of it. But we usually plan for 180 days of winter or a feeding, I guess. Yeah. And we use, we have a big uh, Kramer ranch hand feeder out there at Badger Creek that it can carry six bales. And it's got like a, hay buster mounted on the front and then chains it feed. so you can take you can load it up with six bales take it out feed it you know process it and then out at the clear creek place i have just a vermeer uh, processor out there okay but we're trying to get away from feeding you know we we'd like to winter graze and we had a good plan for it last year but we just had too much snow. The cows couldn't get to the grass. And yeah, so I'm glad we, I'm glad we had the hay that we had. Yeah. I guess the long and the short of it. Yeah, so you had last winter, right? Last fall, you had stockpiled grass for grazing this winter. Yeah. This past winter. Yep. Um, well, I guess there's a couple things there. 
It got too much snow on to graze. Did you notice a change in the forage quality, quantity, etc. this spring when it, the regrowth started based off the amount of plant material left? I uh, Honestly, I can't say because this, this year has been so extraordinary that I'm I'm not kidding you. We've got more rain, and it's just been like every day for the last month. And it's just these nice little soakers that just come through. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever – I haven't talked to anybody that's ever seen this before out here. Really? But so yeah. I guess you're, you're saying the grass is really growing, so you can't really tell if what was yeah. – yeah, I mean, you, there's so many vari- there's so many variables this year that yeah, that just to make an an ob- observation based off of yeah. a heavy snowfall on top of stockpile, you yeah. can't do that. You can't do that. Okay, I, I would feel comfortable doing it. Fair enough. Um, then my next part to that was. Let's say it, you didn't have the snowfall, or you could you could graze that. Was that going to be like a a strip grazing type deal, or what was that going to be? Our plan was to split it into thirds, and um, lucky for us, we have a pipeline that runs through that pasture that has basically three tire tanks that we can use as the main water source mm-hmm. and uh we are going to start on the west end and head east yeah and our plan was to not feed until march and when but, did you start feeding uh i can't remember when when they started out there it was pretty early yeah just because snow got too deep i mean we had we our first our first measurable snow was on, I think it shipped on October 31st and it was November like second or third. We had, it was 75 degrees the day we shipped. And then it was like a couple days later it snowed and that snow stuck around until like April. Holy cow. Um, that, that same snow. Yeah. Yikes. That would cut into your winter feed. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hell of a winter, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, shipped October 31st. Is that comes off the range, comes off, comes out of the pastures, yep. right onto well, the truck? Uh, we did. We did wean them. You did 45, think, yeah. 60, 45 90. Days. Yep, I think we weaned them for 45 days. And then how how are you marketing those calves? Are they going through a barn or are they going? We use Superior. Superior. That's pretty yeah. big out west. Is that, is that a fair thing? It is, yeah. And we've been, we've been happy with them the last couple of years. And, um, and so when do your really calves actually sell? 
Uh, I think the sale is July or August. Let me look. Yeah, so you're so you guys are uh selling them yeah, months before they're weaned, right? Yeah. And how yeah. does that work price wise? Like do they is it a projection based on the the fall pricing or is it price like they're you're gonna sell them let's say you sell them july 1st right coming up they're gonna sell on july 1st i think they're just going off the futures you know like is what i think i i guess i don't know yeah that's what i was like is it they're gonna sell july 1st they're only weighing what three 300 pounds or whatever we'll just throw out some numbers they're gonna wean at 500 in october 31st and they're, yeah. they're going to sell July 1st as five weights for a July 1st pricing, or that's a futures pricing for the, the fall or kind of a mix? Mm. You'd have to ask somebody that's a lot smarter than me. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, I was, talking to, I was talking to a buddy last night, and I was trying to explain something to him and he said yeah you want to be a price maker instead of a price taker and i said yeah yeah that's what that's what i want to do mm-hmm. so so do you have I, plans to you know you gotta have you gotta have that that national market yeah marketplace i guess but i want to find a way to name my own price and know that I'll sell it. You know what I mean? The same product. And what do you think goes into doing that? Like to, for you to get it, to get to the, to that name, I want to be name my price and sell it. Marketing. And what would you be marketing? Getting, getting out there and informing people, the public. Yeah. But, are you doing anything different per se that sets you aside to to make that happen? Like as far as what? Like well, like let's stuff? say yeah, let's say we'll just yeah, like like well, where Polywire broke and what, what do you think the programs are? That's marketing. Yeah. When it comes to it. Take the term organic. Yep. And so you're you're wanting to go more program oriented, like certifications, humanly well, no, raised. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that we would want to do that for us. Yeah. But I guess we're, I'm getting off the subject here, but you're fine. But, everything is all marketing. Yeah. That's all it is. You can slap a fancy term on something and you know, like smart water, for example. Mm-hmm. No, I I a hundred percent I a hundred percent agree with uh, the the marketing and you know being a price maker instead of a price taker. I, I'm on board a hundred percent. I'm the other the other thing is is a story. People want to hear a story about what they're buying. Yeah, yeah. So you know. I guess that's my question: is like to for you to go to do that what. Like what kind of things do you, are you going to 
what kind of things do you implement now or plan to implement in the future that will help you set aside, set your product ahead of other people? Oh, well, I guess that part's still under construction. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> no, I don't. We're, we are in the programs. Yeah. And that's a new venture for us mm-hmm. because that's where that's where people are paying more money for, and it's not very much work on our end. It's yeah, what we're doing. All- what programs? So we're doing all natural. Um, we would like to do the gap gap four. That's going to take a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I can't even remember all of them right now. Well, there's quite a few. I mean, like even regenerative egg, right? There's a regenified coming out or out. Yep. Um, and so you're you're still wanting to market just those steer calves, per se, to to just people that just I don't know have programs themselves, maybe a meat business. I think our, I think what I would like is the personal relationships like that keep everybody together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Of course. Instead of just selling two pot loads of cattle to buyer who, number. Who knows where. Yeah, buyer yeah. number. And, and you know they're going to go to JBS or one of the big four Yep. I, w- I want to find a way to, you know, combat that myself. And I think that's what we all have to do. Mm-hmm. That being said, could you take a little less for your steers or for your whatever you're selling to to go to a smaller player? That is well. I think there's a break there. Yeah, there's, on a brand. there's a break-even point where, yeah, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours type situation. Um, yeah. No, I. I, I mean, I, I think there's a. I mean, there's all sorts of perks, right? Going with yep. a small uh, with a smaller individual. I mean, shrink commission, trucking. Yep. You know, that's all negotiable. Prices negotiable. And I like people that come out and yeah have a part in our ranch. Like, yeah, come out, look at our cattle. I want to take you out and show you our cattle. Yeah, yeah. It might just be another cow to you, but you're building that relationship. Nope. Uh, like, like uh, now. Yep. You know, the other day it was just a chance deal that. His wife was in the class. I messaged him. I said, hey, give me a call. I took him out and showed him around. And I think that's the main disconnect with people nowadays. Is everybody's just in it for themselves to make money, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, I I agree with come out. <clears throat> 
to come out and look at it, right? And I've done that yeah. with sale barns, and I've turned a set of stalker cattle in on goldenrod, which is kind of one of our heavy forb species that shows up that's most people say cows won't eat. Well, I grazed that with a semi-load of stalker cattle, right? The guy from the sale barn is taking videos of my stalkers grazing these, right? But that, I mean, it was more just like a, a neat thing for him, right? It didn't add any value to to those cattle that they would, can you know, convert forbs, weeds, whatever, undesirables into beef. Yeah. And, and but to somebody else that has a meat business, right? And it's working mm-hmm. on regenerative grazing that would have more value to them. Yeah. So yeah, it's just building customer relationships. That's all. Exactly. That's all. It seems to be all it is. And, and having, you know, Oh, you know, your true word. Yeah. But, yeah. I kind of miss the days where the buyers would come out. Yeah. Look, looking for cattle instead of the producers going to sell them, yep. you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. There was, there's no competition really now. No. And, and there's not as much as there used to be. There's competition, but there's not as much as there used to be. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, talking to people about sale barns, I mean, right. You could sell, uh, 1200 cattle through a barn right like like 1200 cattle through one of our barns is it's a bigger day it's probably you know sometimes that's probably 1200 calves out for one person's ranch out west right yeah yeah but but those are still those barns are still pretty much filled with just a handful of actual buyers exactly so but how and do you that- get that's the that's my exact thoughts whenever I go down to sale barn. There's yeah. like ten people sitting there mm-hmm. buying everything that comes through. Mm-hmm. Well, and those guys know what they're buying, right? They, yeah, they do. And <laughs> like I was a kid. Now this is going to make me sound way older than I am, but <laughs> we had a little sale barn that we used to go. I used to go. It was back when sale barns were in every little town, mm-hmm. you know. And there was that economy, that local livestock economy going. Yeah. And that place would be absolutely packed with people. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't find a place to sit down. Yep. And then all of a sudden, everything's gone. Yeah. And our special cow sales... You know, they're like that, right? It's a it's packed. You can't find, you know, three seats in a row. But, you know, then you go to a an evening sale, like just a normal feeder sale. Yeah. And it's, you know, a handful of guys. I mean, I guess there's opportunity for everybody else to be there because there's plenty of seats. But there's just a handful of people buying. And then you get where... So what drives that national market? I have no idea. What drives the dollar twenty full cow market right now? Uh, that I that's out of my I have no idea. But 
Everything I try to do is off the farm, building those relationships, whether I'm buying or selling. But you know what I mean, though? Like, where where are these prices? Where are these $3 prices coming from? Yeah, I mean, I guess, they, yeah, like, where's the guy getting the information that yells out the starting bid on a, on a set of calves? <clears throat> I mean, I guess there's some sort of you know usda market there's a usda market report right yeah and but what is yeah but what's what's look you know like i I don't know what they're looking at to determine i don't know what anybody's looking at to to determine that would be pretty that'd be pretty interesting to find out though like what are the the determining factors that or what are people looking at to determine the prices of cattle that week? Um, exactly. I mean, I guess it's inventory. It's amount of cattle out in the weather, amount of cattle in the, in the yards, amount of cattle yeah. being slaughtered. But that's all basically the big four when you, when you yeah. get right down. It all, it all comes down to, yeah, how <laughs> you're. So yeah. are they, are they still just dangling the carrot out in front of us like oh this is a great year you know for the cattle market but it all boils down to those big four packers yeah so like are you you're saying or you're speculating that they might have quite a bit to do with the prices that we're seeing well how else are they going to do it the stands aren't full at the auction house yeah yeah, and if they and the people are there that are there, I mean, a lot of those cattle are probably headed to those type yards. In I can I can tell you right now, like if I was to go down to the sale barn and try to buy cows, I I wouldn't buy any cows right now because you know, you'd get out because they would, yeah, they would just be way too expensive for what I think they should be worth Mm -hmm. so who's setting that yeah i i have no idea because i mean like and you're getting a ton of rain out there i'm not we're not getting any but the cattle prices seem to still be going up Uh, and if we're you know still trending towards i mean like wyoming i mean uh, and it's d- further down the list on cow calf state, mm-hmm. but like, so why is the droughty? You know, the, like, <laughs> I I don't understand. I don't un- I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't either. It'd be fun to it'd talk, be fun to figure out. But yeah, talk to somebody. I don't know. I don't even know who that would be. Maybe one of my. Uh, t- <laughs> Two listeners will be able to knows knows a guy that knows a guy. You know, I walked in. I've I've walked into the. Um, I think it was Billings, BLS up there. Mm-hmm. And it says there's a sign right by the auction block that says, "Real price discovery starts here." <laughs> and I was like, "Well." Is it the auctioneers that are keeping tabs every day on 
markets and futures and yeah or is it the public like you and me go go to the auction and we're the only two people there mm-hmm. and we you know what i mean like yeah and i quickly figure work? out what you're bidding on you quickly figure out what i'm bidding on and then it's just yeah, like how much we're willing to spend yeah, but then it then it becomes well, we'll just stop bidding against each other, per se, right? And you take a yeah. look, you take a you take this pin, I'll take the next one, type. Seeing that, yeah, yeah, P- exactly. Potentially, right. I don't know if that I don't know if that's happening. I can't prove it, right? But I that's don't. That's what I fear happens. Yeah, I think is, it's. I think. I mean, I'd say it. Pro- p- probably does, but I have no no proof. Because it's what it boils what it boils down to is it's a commodity. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and people talk, and just like you said, you want this pen? Sure, take it. Yeah. Oh, you want this pen? Yeah, you can go ahead and have that one. Yeah, and a sale barn of you know going to. You know, a lot of the guys that are order buyers, I mean, you're there well, especially every... The internet, especially internet auctions. Yeah. I I've, I and, do. And who knows, I mean, like on internet auctions, the, like, bids and stuff. Like, oh, you mean like Sapira that's strictly internet? No, I mean just internet auctions as a whole. Yeah. All those guys can be sitting in one room, basically. Yeah. Saying, oh, you want this? You want this? And they could set the whole standard of the sale. Based off of that? Yeah. I yeah. mean, when you think about it, that, that could. Yeah, potentially, for sure. And then. I mean, we could throw one other thing is like with internet auctions. I mean, how do we even know? Do you can see the current bid? Like, how do we know that the auctioneer isn't bidding? Yeah, we could go that. We could just <laughs> we could throw that one out there. My brother-in-law, he uh, he bought some of our cows. Mm-hmm. He's in Aqua, and he bought a few of our cows, and he said he was bidding on them, and he couldn't couldn't figure out. If he was actually bidding on it, he kept clicking the button. Mm-hmm. So he might have been bidding himself up, and he didn't know because his on his end, it wasn't showing any difference. Yeah. Yeah. Really could. Did he get them bought? Yeah, he got a few of them bought, yep. That, is he making money with them? I would hope so. I don't know. <laughs> Range cattle going to Iowa, they probably about fainted when they saw all the all the feed yeah (laughs) died and gone to heaven Mm -hmm. (laughs) range cattle went to Iowa. how i wonder what that what was that there's a a whole topic that we could talk about right there yeah and i think there's a huge opportunity for some people to take in calves or whatever it is out on the corn stalks. Mm-hmm. Why is that? There's all that 
all that free feed sitting out there. They've ripped out every fence mm-hmm. in the state of Iowa, basically, to farm more ground. Yeah. And you got all this feed sitting out there. Why not bring in cattle, put up some electric fence? Yeah, it's going to take a little bit of work, but it's not that much. Yeah. No, I'd agree. Um, Background them a little bit and then send them on down the line. Yeah. So you're saying take the stalker cattle, put them out on put them out on corn stalks for a little while, and then send them yeah. to the yard. Yeah. Why don't people do that? Or even in Missouri. I mean, there's plenty of corn in Missouri. I, I would say a lot. Some of the reason is moisture right everybody's work i mean i'm not saying this is a valid point right as more and more people are doing it i think it says otherwise but like i think compaction per se is what a lot of people are worried about now i know guys that are grazing cattle on soils and they're farming then their yields have not changed based off of that but you know that is they're they're going to talk about compaction and then they're going to disc it right so it's just you know it's i think it's more of a mis misunderstanding uninformed i think there's a few things there just based off of soil health and the those type of principles that are going to prevent that from happening does that make sense there's a lot of cover crops growing in going in though yeah, more and more for sure. But and, I still think the I still think the principle of animal integration, right? One of the soil health principles, animal integration. I still think you know, you have the living root armor uh I think the animal integration and maybe context, right? People don't want to have cattle out there. I'm I'm going to but I mean, I definitely recognize and understand the value of putting cattle out there. I just, I just think there's a huge. Oh, for sure, it's a giant weight. You know, there's potential there for sure, hundred percent. I mean, I don't know how you, I don't know what you would have to do to to get that though, right? Like what. I don't know. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's that easy. (laughs) It's it's that that easy. easy. But how do you tell that to the landowner? Well, you tell them. Yeah. I mean, my neighbor rents out his bottom, the guy farming it. It's 60 acres, right? 70 acres, right? I've heard the comment that crop ground is no place for livestock. So like, well, how, how do they think, how do they think that uh, I'm not where it's at now? Uh, I'm, I mean, <laughs> you know, like growing up, my grandpa, they had what the 80 acre place. They had, they had cattle, they had sheep, they had pigs, they had mm-hmm. chickens. Diversity. Every, that's why there's so many little farmsteads mm-hmm. around Iowa 
Yeah. No. They make a living. And yeah. they use their animals to, you know, the pigs would go out. And yeah, they all, you know, there's diversity. Everything had out. its, everything had they'd its run the tool. They'd run the cows and they'd run the pigs out there and the pigs are your rototillers. And, yep. You know, it was just a big cycle. Yep. And it so, all worked together, right? Yeah. And every piece. It's all nature. Everything, every piece built on it. Well, what happened? Yeah for where that kind of knowledge or that kind of understanding of how the cycles work, like where did we go wrong? Was it I, universities? You know I, think? I think it was the hog confinement. Confinement barns? I mean. I assume. Is it, because is everybody it, had the little huts out. Yeah. You know, they had pasture pigs, basically. Yeah. And. Is, I mean, it, it could go into the the whole "we're gonna feed the world" type mindset too, yeah. right? Yeah. With number two, with too. number two, I mean, I, yellow corn. Yep. So you know, we're all gonna just eat corn eat, products. Field, eat field corn. <laughs> yeah, I've had plenty of field corn in my life. Yeah. I mean, you know, is that what Doritos are made? Of? You know, is that what corn chips are? Field corn? I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming. I would imagine as much field corn is planted. Just half, half Doritos. Tostitos. I think it'll all come back around. Though. I, I think, I think it's, it's trending that way for sure. I mean, I do. Especially with some of the bigger companies like Kellogg's recognizing stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? I mean, in and, the farmers market, look at the farmers market. Yeah, I and, mean, it's just blowing up. Yep, and consumers uh, are starting to question and wonder. I mean, yep, it's going Which is to great. Oh, a hundred percent. I completely. I'm in the direct marketing business. I I want to see it right. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's changing. I think the government has a lot to do with it too. Yeah, um, you think, know, like I think there's a lot of lack of understanding in the government. Well, your direct marketing deal there, yeah. for example, is you know, the government has to have their hand in it to tell you, oh yeah, this meat is safe. For somebody to eat. Yep, yep, with our inspections. Yep, you got to have it inspected. You got to have it packaged a certain way. You got to have it labeled. You got to have all this stuff that adds price. Oh, yeah. That's costly, you know. Uh, there's There's a lady that comes out. So our stuff is inspected, right, at the processor. Then there's a lady that comes out once a year to make sure that the inspector at the plant got the label right. You know, like the, 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 that my meat has an inspection on it. Yep. I mean. Hey, I'm going to pause for a second. You're fine. I'm going to grab another beer. Okay. Right. You've seriously only had like one beer? Uh, I've, I'm on my third. <laughs> <laughs> um, We were talking about and meat inspections and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I, you know, was saying that, that the lady that comes out and make sure the inspection is right from the inspected plant. So, I mean, I, and I, I mean, like, I have no idea how some of that works. I dropped off some, uh, beef today at a at a different plant for for somebody not my my normal plant and uh i don't know it's just like it just depends on i don't know what what their criterias are for yes food you know what's safe and what isn't yeah because the one plant i was at today Versus, well, and I think we all have a certain pride as producers, right? Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to, I want to grow the best product that I can. Yep. I want those people to talk. That's what is that capitalism? That's like what America was made out of. Yeah. Was the best of the best. Yep. Yeah, and we have. There's, I mean, agriculture, right? I think. We still all feel that way, right? We want to do the best of the best. The, I mean, I think, but a lot of it got got shifted, right? We want to do the biggest, right? The most. We want to have the highest yields. We want to have the biggest weaning weights, the biggest calves in the feed yards, right? But we, no one... I mean, no one talks about having the biggest pockets or, you know, or like the the biggest bank account. Yeah. And, I mean, that's... Well, and I do have to say this about the, the big four, is they are damn good at what they do. They oh. have got that down to an absolute science. Oh yeah, for sure. Every every piece of that animal is utilized. Yeah, no, but you're 100 percent right, and and it's an affordable product for yeah yep. for people. But it's it's not the best. I mean, you can go eat a pork chop from yeah Walmart, or a ribeye from Walmart, and you can eat a ribeye from say one of your cattle. Yep. And there's a huge difference in that. Yeah. You know, and people are conditioned. They've been conditioned over the years to uh, just buy what they have in front of them. You know, they don't. That's that disconnect thing again. Again, Yeah. It's, so, it's just kind of this whole, yeah, you're exactly right. The disconnection. I mean, uh, and I mean, there's probably people in Missouri that in Iowa that have never seen a, a an ear of corn or a cow. Yeah, They've probably never seen a cow. Yeah, or I mean, and then you take it to uh, New York City, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's probably people there that have never smelled mowed grass. Yeah, I mean that if we're going to start putting stuff in perspective and then, you know, we're talking about these electric cars and self-driving vehicles and you know how that's going to be the, the new thing here, you know, total 
automation, right? Well, yep. how is how is one of those total automated trucks going to haul cattle? Exactly. You know, how are they going to, you know, and so like there, 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 so, there has to be a human connection. Yeah. And so when we're talking about, you know, kind of these, the future, right? It's then the automation side of it. I mean, the only way that's all going to work is if it's everything's done in a barn, right? Everything's done under roof. Yeah. Because that the automated truck, right? The feed truck pulls up, pull, puts it yeah. in the same deal. The truck that hauls it from the, the calving barn to the backgrounding barn to the finishing barn, right? It's just going to run the same path. It's not going to drive out to the pasture field on, you know. Yeah, it's not going to gather all the cattle. Yeah, it's and, not. Or, yeah, or sort the bulls off. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, you know, hearing people... And maybe I'm naive for thinking that it's not going to happen based off of that. Well, we were talking, Mal and I were talking about about this the other day. Mm-hmm. As we were driving through Wyoming, you know, it's like Wyoming is so wild, I guess, or untouched, you know, basically untamed yeah i mean i think as long as wyoming is around there's going to be cowboys there's going to be cows and not much is going to change that way Mm -hmm. and that's what i like i mean that's i like it to be untouched and just let nature, you know, I'm kind of, an, I guess I'm a little more hippie than I thought, but yeah, I'm kind of a natural, you know? Yep. I would I probably, think all, all people are in agriculture are like that. Yeah. I would say I'm probably lean more hippie from the, you know, working with nature, uh, you know, working with water cycle, carbon cycle, nutrient cycle, right? Uh, big picture, seeing it all as a whole and the value that a bird has to my, you know, like just a normal bird you see in the pasture has to to the cow deal. Uh, There's quite a few people, though, that raise, you know, that produce food that that don't see it that way, though. Mm -hmm. So... I don't well, know. I think it's I think it's our job to educate. Yeah. I'm happy to I'm happy to take anybody out, answer any questions that I can. Yeah. No, that's the that's the best is just showing, seeing. I mean yeah. right. Why do you do this? Why do you Yeah, passion. Why do you do this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and then that's where the story, right, you know, it all kind of circles back, right? Come out, yeah. see it, the passion. That's where you're building your story. That's where you're, you know, you start becoming a price, uh, a price maker instead of a price taker is when it all comes back to 
your story, what sets you apart, you know, why, why you do what you do. And Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's things you can add that, that definitely add value. I mean, that's some of the trade secrets, right? Yeah. But there are things that can be done that definitely add value. And, and, uh, well, I think you got to be honest with people. You have to be able to adapt with the times mm-hmm. and and roll with the punches, I guess. Yeah, and from what I'm seeing from kind of the direct marketing side that I'm doing is it, you know, people are looking for for kind of like those those farms like you talked about, right? Mm-hmm. That that had the pork and the chickens and the stuff. It it looks different, right? So death by diversity is a real thing, right? Yeah. So it might be more of a partnership type deal. Well, I do the beef. This is who I recommend for my vegetables. This is who yeah. I recommend to get my chicken from. You know, that way everybody's doing what they like and they're doing it to the best of their ability. Plus, they're taking advantage of, you know, quantity. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, but you, so you're building another type of relationship. It's all relationships. And it's a, yeah, it is. That's all it is. It's, it's the personal relationships, it's the little guys that come together make a huge change you know 100 percent. yeah that's um, awesome that might be a good spot to end it we're an hour and 40 minutes in yeah uh unless you got other anything else you want to add i don't i don't think so i think this is a good good little conversation yeah no i appreciate it um do you want to give out an email, phone number, anywhere yeah, for people uh, to send the love mail, hate mail, whatever they want to send you? If anybody wants to get a hold of me, it's my uh, email is rgeisler83. That's R-G-E-I-S-L-E-R-8-3 at gmail.com. Sounds good. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Perfect. Um, I'll put those two in the show notes page. Uh, I'll put your email in there as well, too. Um, And then what's the name of the ranch you work at? Or Dow Ranch, D-O-W. Dow Ranch. Cool. Well, I really appreciate your time and... Uh, yeah, this is fun. I'd like to come on again at some point. Yeah, definitely. We'll talk maybe, about something else. Yeah, maybe I'll. Uh, we'll, maybe we should work with uh, Mal and we'll do a a th- conference call and record it. Hey, that would be cool. Yeah, let's. Uh, I'll talk with him and maybe we'll get something going and and get one of those set up. Awesome, man. Hey, well, thanks a lot. Yeah, I appreciate your time. Uh, have a good rest of your uh, evening. You too. Thank I'll talk you. To you later. Thanks. Yep. Bye bye.